Okay, here we go. So we left off at uh, the end of First uh, uh, Chronicles chapter, end of 7 here. So let's go right into 8. All right, here we go. Let's see. The sons of Benjamin. Now we've been, if you'll notice in Chronicles, it starts with Adam and it went on down and named, you know, and of course it, it ends because Noah, the flood, the flood wiped everything out. And uh, it's so interesting about the flood. I remember I, I mentioned this because I heard yesterday there was a little poll went out back uh, years ago and it was 78%. Of Americans said, "Yeah, no, it was real. It was a flood." Well, yeah, it actually happened. But anyway, it was interesting. When I was getting to watch. They're doing a little research on uh, 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 these these folks I know going to uh, uh, Mount Ararat, you know, whatever. And uh, there's a lot of people been there. But they got streets over there named Noah, whatever Noah's Ark, you know. And people have seen it verifiable, you know. I mean, you got to do a little research and look. But anyway, things are uh, things are percolating right there. But it's. A lot of civil war going over there and carry on. But anyway, but it's interesting that uh, that uh, Mount Ararat on top of that, and it's it's twenty two thousand feet, something like that. I forgot. It's they were at level fourteen hundred. Anyway, somewhere fifteen, sixteen thousand feet, seventeen, seventeen thousand feet. And up there, there's you know clams and oysters up there. What are they doing up there? You know. And then the same thing's true with uh, Mount Everest, the highest place in the world. Clams and oysters up there. Why? You know. Well, the earth was covered with a flood at one time. You don't just have clams and oysters because they died up there. It was a disaster. They were compressed, compacted, and they were they actually turned into concrete. What happens is all the bone stuff and structure, like on dinosaurs and other things we find, it's replaced with something else. Actually, they're turned, some of them turn into uh, turquoise. Say so what? Yeah, turquoise. It's just it, the the minerals are leached out, and other minerals come in, and it just becomes a. Oh, interesting thing but anyway this this evidence is there but anyway so we're looking at the sons of benjamin here but remember so when noah was here everybody was wiped out to just uh, those eight noah and his wife and shem ham and japheth okay and so after that it starts all over again now this is i thought this was cool you know you look at it, you do your own little work here. it's just things that it's like i'm not listening i'm not, yeah that's what happens people are not listening they're not looking at the beauty of the earth but think about this population tables the only one that fits is the one that's related to the bible because, see, they try to tell us that man's been around for 200,000 years. Of course, dinosaurs was, what, 70 million years. Oh, baloney. We got pictures of people on fabric and stuff and burial stones with triceratops. And you can go look for yourself. Inca burial stones. You'll go, ugh. And there's too many of them. And that's just one little piece of it. But anyway, okay, so back to the population tables. Okay, so here you go looking at population. You know, you're raising rabbits. You know what I mean. Okay, but if you start out with Adam and Eve, and then you've got to back up and start over 1,400 years later with Adam because the whole world was, was, was taken away. But anyway, so 2,500 years before Christ, that was when that would happen, and then up to now. You do the math with the current population tables and whatever, or the population, it's, you get 6, 7 billion, which is what we have on the earth today. But here's what's so funny. So the evolutionists say, oh, man's been around for 200,000 years. Okay. You throw that in there. The number's so astronomically off, there's no way. Where's all the people at? So the story doesn't fit. Our story fits. And and again, it's like, what are these clowns doing making records here? So Benjamin, uh, you know, Abraham, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had 12 kids. Okay. Remember, he had the help of a couple other wives, whatever. But anyway, so uh, Rachel and Leah and their, and their concubines, whatever, they had all these 12 sons. Here's one of them. Remember, Le- uh, Levi's one of them. Judah, Lion of the tribe of Judah. Remember that? And you can name some more. Naphtali, Asher, Manasseh, all these. So that's what we're, is being listed here. So here's the sons of Benjamin, according to age, 1 Chronicles chapter 8. 
Belai was the first, Ashbel the third, second, Ariah the third, Nohad the fourth, Raphael the fifth, okay? The sons of Bela were Adar, Gerar. Remember, when we look at these things, these are just like making us scratch your head and go, wow. Remember, there is a place called Jerusalem. There is a place where Israel is. There is an Egypt. We know these things are there. Oh, my gosh. But let's watch the details. The sons of Ehud, chiefs of the subclans, lived at Geba, were captured in war and exiled to Mahath. What was that? Well, it happened. Okay. Uh, let's see. Gerar also called Haglam, the father of Uzai and Ahihud. Shaharam. Look. <gasps> Wait a minute. Where did that come from? You know, the divorce rate in, in America is escalating. Divorce has, as long as there's been a man and a woman, there's been divorces. I mean, we're kidding ourselves. Oh, crime rate is going up. I mean, people quit going to churches. But let's just look at this. Since this is a, this is a, let's, well, this is a metaphorical book. It's, it, it, it gives a, there's a spiritual message here. Oh, really? Let's see if it's history or if it's a spiritual message. Because we need to have a fit here. First off, do you see not only, well, second of all, divorce. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Look at that. His wives. Golly, what's wrong with these guys? All right. He divorced his wives. Let's see what else we see. Now, remember, this is a genealogy. What the heck are we doing? What do we want to know about this? Look at this. But he had children in the land of Moab by Hodesh, his new wife. We got people of the cloth pulling that one off, you know. Oh, we need to just kick them out. No, we don't. Isn't it history? Zobab, Zibai, Mesha, Makem, Jesus, whatever. Uh, all these, all these, excuse me, these sons all became chiefs of subclans. Of course, we're going to kick that other guy out because he divorced his wives. He cannot be a clan leader. <laughs> this is history. This is social security numbers. They're listed at the courthouse. So-and-so married so-and-so. They were buried at so-and-so, you know, whatever. The sons of Elpale were Eber, Mishem, Shem, who built Ono and Lod and their surrounding villages. Boy, they got the details, don't they? Huh. His other sons were Bariah and Shema, the, so, the chief subclans living in Jilon. Uh, they chased out the inhabitants of Gath. <laughs> yeah. All right. Elpeah's sons included Ohio, almost like Ohio, Shajak, and Jermoth. And we keep going. Z-A-E-M. There's a Michael there. Look at that. The sons of Elpeah included Zeba, Wa'im, H-H-H-I, those guys. The sons of Shemaiah were Jacob, Zikri, whatever, all those guys there. The sons of Shajak were, look at that, look how they had the records. We'll see in a minute here, it'll come up and it'll say these are the official genealogy of every Israelite. Every Israelite. Anyway, the sons of Jehoram were this, 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 this. Okay, the chiefs of the subclans living at Jerusalem. Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived uh, <clears throat> oh, in Gibeon. His wife's name was Micaiah. Yeah, I'll tell you that, that details. His oldest son was, oh, by the way, his name was old good old Ab. You know, he played basketball, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, Zer, Kish, Baal, Nadab, and we're getting somewhere. Watch this. All these families live near Jerusalem. Look at that. Ner was the father of Kish, and you're starting to, if you've been, I mean, if you've read your Bible and keep reading, you'll go, oh, I know who Kish is. Yeah, Kish was the father of Saul. Now we know where Saul came from. But the book of 1 Samuel would have told you that. Same record. When they got down, they would have said, Israel wanted a king, and the, and the Lord said, go get uh, the son of Kish, Saul. He'll be, I mean, the Lord got this guy. And look at that. Let's see if his son. Yeah, there's his son, Jonathan, the one that David was real close to. The son of Jonathan was, there's Mephibosheth, the one that was, he was lame. Remember, he was trying to, they thought the Philistines were going to take over. 
because Jonathan, his dad, got uh, killed. And so his little maid grabbed him, was running out of the building trying to get out of there. And she tripped and fell and uh, busted up little Mephibosheth's feet. Anyway, the sons of Micah, Pithon, Mezer, Tara, Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jehoda. Jehoda was the father of Allah. These guys. This, now what's happening here, they're passing uh, Saul and David, and they're going all down the kings all the way to Nebuchadnezzar here. They're just giving you the record here. Zimri's son was Moaz, Mo- Moza. Moza was the father of Benaiah. The sons were, you know, Raphath, Elaz. Anyway, Azel had six sons. Look at the details. Are you sure? Maybe he just had two. Oh, whatever. No. Ah, uh, Ezekiel, Bokre, Ishmael, Shur, Obadiah. Now, anyway, okay. Azel's brother, Ishkan, had three sons. Ulam is first, Jael the second. And look how they had the details. They knew which one was born first, second, third. Ulam's sons were prominent warriors who were expert marksmen with their bows. These men had 150 grandsons. Look at that, 150 sons and grandsons. They were all from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, in the New Testament, you know anybody that had anything to do with Scripture that was of the tribe of Benjamin? Yeah, Paul. Paul. Paul said, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. You know. He also said he was a Pharisee. Paul said he was one of the strictest ones for the Jews' religion. Whatever. All right, here we go. Chapter 9. Look at that word right there. Chapter 9. Now, we're fixing to get right into... Direct history. Story, 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 story. But we just had, look at that. The family tree of every person in Israel was carefully recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. Look at the next verse. Judah, this is Nebuchadnezzar. Always like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Remember the story? Burning fiery furnace. That wasn't in Jerusalem. That was in Iran. Okay. What we call it today. Judah was exiled to Babylon for what? It wasn't. They made a mistake because every day there was a sacrifice for sins and whatever. The mistake was a big one. They worshipped idols. Oh, please get me out of trouble, you hunk of stone over there. I want to be like the end group. We worship the sun. Do you know one of the stupid kings? They are. One of our stupid kings went over to Babylon, saw a pretty little picture of something in their stupid temple, and when he came back, he ordered the high priest to put it in God's temple. You'll, we'll run across this eventually. You keep reading, you'll get it. You'll go, what a bunch of bozos. Yeah, no wonder. Moses said, if you worship other gods, you're toast. You're toast. But you know what? When we think about it, we don't worship other gods. Did, did, you, did you switch this morning and start you know, worshiping Allah, you know? You have a strong desire to get you a little Buddha, you know, or whatever, or or get involved in transcendental meditation or something. No, we all still then we are more than conquerors. I don't care what you're faced with, we are more than conquerors. Here we go. Uh, look at this. The first to return and live again in their former cities were the families from the tribes of Israel, and also the priests, the Levites, and the temples and, uh, and the temple assistants. Now this is 500 years after David. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar had them for 70 years, and that's where your book of Esther comes from, and it's all sequential. You can see it. Oh, no wonder. Esther and, what's the other one? Oh, Nehemiah and, uh, oh. what am I thinking of? Oh, who's that other priest? Ezra. Oh, yeah, the book of Ezra. Totally historic books. All right, here we go. Some of the families from the tribe of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, Manasseh arrived in Jerusalem. See, those were, these are, these are heads of these are the sons of, of, of Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. These are four of those sons. 
One of the family was Uthiah, the son of Amihu, the son of Amri, son of Amri's, whatever, the clan of Perez, son of Judah. That guy there is in the, Jude- uh, is in the genealogy of Jesus. Okay, so remember Jesus is lion of the tribe of Judah, whatever. The Shilonites were another family returning, including Isaiah, Shilon's oldest son and his sons, uh, including the Je- Jeuel and his relatives, 690 in all. Among the members of the tribe of Benjamin who returned, these were the ones. Names them, names them, names them, names them, names them. Okay, all these chief subclans totaled 956 Benjamites. I think they kept records. We think our president's trying to do now. We're coming out with a census. Oh, I don't believe in those census. He always did this stuff. Okay, look at this. The priest who returned, here they were. Zediah, Jerodim, Jacob, Isaiah, the son of Hilkiah. Remember, uh, Hilkiah was, uh, oh, that was Jeremiah's dad. Anyway, uh, son of Zodak, son of Uriah, son of Ahitub. Okay, uh, he was the chief custodian of the temple. Another of the returning priests, Adiah, son of Joram, son of Pasher, son of whatever. Okay, another priest was this guy, this guy, this guy. Look at this. In all, look at the numbers. 1,760 priests returned. That's coming back from Nebuchadnezzar. Actually, be from King Darius, whatever. Among the Levites who returned was Shemaiah, son of this, son of that guy who was a descendant of Marari. Other Levites who returned to Connor, Bakar, whatever. Haresh, Galah, Matatan. I'm still reading from uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 9. You know, okay. Obadiah, the son of Shemaiah, son of Galah, son of uh, Jeduthath. Uh, Barakiah, the son of Asaph, son of Elkanah, who lived near the Nephathites, the gatekeepers. Now remember, he's talking about those in the, these are people that work in the church there. You couldn't just walk in there. The gate, there was a lot of money in there too. The gatekeepers were Shalom, the chief gatekeeper, Akub, Talmud, and Ahama, all the Levites. They are, they are still responsible for the eastern royal gate. Nah, they were bozos back then. They just did what, no, they weren't bozos. God told them how to set up that tabernacle. And it wasn't until Solomon that they actually built a concrete structure. It's <laughs> basically almost marble. Beautiful structure. Gold everywhere. Shalom's ancestry went back. To, now, how do they know? Remember, they're assuming we, we, we're taking this for granted. They were in charge of the sacrifices and the protection of the sanctuary, just as their ancestors had supervised and guarded the tabernacle. tabernacle. Phinehas, <gasps> I know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very start of 1 Samuel. The son of Eliezer was the first director of the divisions in ancient times. And the Lord was with him. Wow, at that time, don't just miss that, you know. Well, I just wish the Lord was with me. I mean, I never can't get a break. Yeah, you do. It's like the Lord with that bird outside, you know. Anyway, at that time, Zechariah, the son of Melishemiah, had been responsible for the protection of the entrance of the tabernacle. There were 212 doorkeepers in those days. Now, remember, what does the book of Hebrews say? We come boldly to the throne of grace. But, boy, back then, you couldn't get in there. Now, was that bad? Remember, it'd kill you if you went in there. We couldn't stand before the presence of the Lord. The only way to come in there was with blood. And thank God now, in Hebrews chapter 9 and 10, they explain it perfectly. Jesus' blood went into the Holy of Holies, which was a copy of this down here. We weren't going to just, well, when I die, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were destined to hell no matter what. There was no chance. Not anymore. These were chosen from their villages based on their... Now, how did they know? Look at that. Their genealogies. And they were appointed by David and Samuel 
uh, because of their reliability. And their descendants were in charge of the Lord's tabernacle. They were assigned to each of the four sides, east, west, north, and south. You say, well, God, why? remember... This is a, this is a, the, down here the tabernacle was a, was a reflection of what was going on in heaven. You weren't getting in there. Don't you remember Adam and Eve? What happened to them after they sinned? They had to get out of that, out of the garden, didn't they? Wow. But God got them back in. Remember the reason he said that? He said, hey, what if they eat of the tree of, the, uh, of, the tree of life and live forever? <laughs> Let's get them out of there. Well, don't you want to live forever? Well, yeah, but not in that state, you know. Okay, here we go. Uh, their relatives, okay, assigned them seven. Okay, here, the, the villages were assigned to help them from time to time for seven days at a time. Wow, so they had a good little system going. The forehead gatekeepers, all Levites, were in the office of great trust for their responsibility, their, for they were responsible for the rooms and treasuries. And the, oh, anyway, I don't, got no money. There was so much money. To, uh, I wish we could get there, but we can't. The end of, of, um, of First Chronicles here. It's going to start talking about David again. Real quick synopsis of David's life. David's handing everything over to his young son Solomon. And he stands forward and he says in the last chapter of 1 Chronicles here, he says, I have gotten all this wealth. He says, and I right now am giving it to the church. Okay. Now, I'm not worried about people's money. We're talking about the Lord's tabernacle, not what I do. Okay. I just pay bills here. This is no big deal. And, but David said, who's going to do what I did? And boy, the generals... We can't have no filthy patent money. Oh, man, they love Jesus. All these generals stood forward, and they gave all their money that they had. I mean, that they wanted to, and they gave to this. Amazing. Treasuries in the tabernacle of God. Because of their important positions, they lived near the tabernacle, and they opened the gates each morning. Praise God. Some of them were assigned to the care of the various vessels used in sacrifices and worship. They checked them in and out to avoid loss. Wow. Now remember, you could if you blew it according to Moses. Well, the Lord, the Lord told Moses somebody made a if you knew you made a mistake, you went that morning and you went to the priest and said, "Hey, uh, I blew it and uh, I need some help." And the priest said, "Yeah, come on in, come on in." And you took your lamb. You had to kill that lamb. Now you did it yearly anyway. But if you had a big problem, and the good part about it was, how was your high priest? He carried that blood and for you uh, and had the sacrifice for you. You were okay. You really believed you were okay when you left, and you were. Anyway, others were responsible for the furniture. All them Baptist tables and Baptist chairs and whatever. Items in the sanctuary and the supplies such as flour for biscuits and wine for... Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's all over the place. Gee. Incense, spices. Other, other priests prepared the spices. And if you read Leviticus, you'll find out what the, what the mixture was. They tell them what the Lord said what to do. And Matthiah the Levite, and the oldest, the oldest son of Shemael, the Korite, was entrusted with making the... F- you know what? I believe they got all this right. Because they got the details. Some of the members of Kohath clan were in charge of preparation of the special bread. Remember that? I, I wish we had it here because you, you actually could see that. You know, the, the, well, actually it was in the Holy of Holies. But it, it was the bread of his presence. I mean, it ain't going to be moldy bread. It was prepared every day. So when you saw the light in there and you, the candle and you saw the bread, it was like, praise God. We're, we're so used to, I am background Baptist. We're so used to communion and stuff and we just say, the table of the Lord. We think that table. Man, there was a table. It's this table. It actually says it in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, he's talking Christians, will open the door. I will come in to them and sup, sup, supper. 
He'll come have dinner with you. It's the greatest thing with Laura's problems with her granddaughter and all that kind of stuff going on. Thank God Laura knows when she sits down and is grieving over this, what am I going to do? Jesus is right there. So we're going to be all right. We're going to take care of all this. I'm going to take care of all this. I'm way ahead of you. Man. Wow. The cantors. What's that? Praise the Lord. We're all prominent Levites. They lived in Jerusalem at the temple and were on duty at all hours. That's the reason the temple went down fast. The next king came along and said, hey, how about a little Mick Jagger and some rock and roll? We don't need this. And let's start worshiping the sun and let's start worshiping this. And went down fast. They lived in Jerusalem. They were all, okay, they were free from other responsibilities and selected by their, oh, please, quit saying genealogy. These people were just, they came from rocks. No, they didn't either. They all came from Noah. Jael, whose wife was, God, we have his wife's name. He had many sons. Gibeon, Abdon, the oldest, Zer, Kish, Baal, Ner, whatever all these guys. Okay. He lived uh, with his son Shimei in Jerusalem, his, his uh, relatives. Notice this was a pickup from uh, back up with, with Saul again here. Ner, Ner was his father. Kish was his, uh, his father was Saul. Father of Jonathan. Here we go again. A little piece of that again. Okay. Now, uh, let's, just, let's just finish that right there. Okay. Here we go. Now, they didn't kill us. It took a couple of Sundays, but it didn't kill us. And it wasn't endless. You can take the genealogy of Jesus, and in Matthew, it's broken up in 14, 14, and 14. 14 from Abraham to David. And from David, 14 more till Nebuchadnezzar. And then from there, 14 more till Joseph and Mary. 14, 14, 14, what's that? 42? 42 generations. Now, we only started Abraham. Luke went all the way from here, picked up with Abraham, and went all the way to Adam, which was 19 more. It's 19 or 21 more. It ain't that many. I don't think anybody in this room can't count to 60. Oh, I can't count to 60. <laughs> yeah, you can. And we all go back to. We all go back to. Chronicles chapter 10. This is going to be, well, we can see it. 10. The Philistines attacked, defeated the Israeli troops who fled and were slaughtered on the slopes of Gilboa. They caught up with Saul and his three sons. I wonder, yeah, there they are. Jonathan, Amenadab, Makash, and they killed him. Saul had been hard-pressed with heavy fighting all around him when the Philistine archers shot and wounded him. He cried out to his bodyguard. Remember, we heard this. He tells his bodyguard, hey, kill me. His bodyguard's too scared. I'm not going to kill you. He said, before these uncircumcised heathen capture and torture me. The man was afraid to do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell against his point and pierced his body. Now, wait a minute. We have this in 1 Samuel. Yeah, guess what? Those two guys probably had nothing to do with each other. But they had the records. So the record here is right again. It shows the same story. It even had the detail of this thing. How do you keep that story straight? It's easy to keep the story straight when you're what? Telling the truth. Saul and his three sons died together. The entire family was wiped out in one day. When the Israelis in the valley below the mountain heard that their troops had been rooted and Saul and his sons were dead, boy, they abandoned their cities and fled. Now that's when Mephibosheth gets crippled. But anyway, but it's, it's probably not going to show that here. And the Philistines came and lived in them. That's the reason David came back and ran them all out again. It's like, who owns the apartment? Right now, the bad guys do. All right, so the, when the Philistines went back the next day to strip the bodies of the men they killed in action and gathered the booty from the field, they found the bodies of Saul and his sons. So they stripped off Saul's armor. They cut off his head. They displayed them through every nation and celebrated the wonderful news. Look at that, before their stupid idols. They fastened his armor to the walls of the temple of the gods and nailed his head to the wall of Dagon's temple. Now, wait a minute. 
It was probably a year ago when we were looking at Joshua. Remember when the Philistines stole the ark? We're so proud we got the ark. They stuck it in front of Dagon's temple. The next morning, remember, <laughs> Dagon fell over face first. He was laying down. Anyway, these clowns are still worshiping that, that idiot. But when the people of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done, their heroic warriors went to the battlefield and they brought back his body and the bodies of the three sons. They burned them beneath the oak of Jabez and mourned for seven days. David addressed this. He, he rewarded these guys for what they did. Now look at this. It's the Lord's will. You can't stop the Lord. Oh, wait a minute. Saul died for his disobedience to the Lord. Because, look what he did. Consulted a medium. Well, and, and, and this is where we're headed. No, we're not going to do it. But this is where we're heading when we tell each other every day that God won't heal. God won't help you financially. And God won't help you with, Lord, I need some wisdom here. We talk ourselves out of it. Thank God we don't. We know better. But you've got great It's amazing. This is, you wonder what the Lord's got you here for in your own life. Lord, what do you want me just tell people about Jesus. You are, you'll be so surprised how, how little some Christians know. And you're there with all this knowledge and you'll just say, well, I'd pray about that. Well, what do you mean you pray about that? I mean, I would ask what I want. You mean he'll get it to you? Yes, he will. Ask it to be given you. Seek and you shall find. Boy, he died because of his disobedience because he consulted a medium. And did not ask the Lord for guidance. Wonder what the Bible wants me to do. Don't consult the medium <laughs> and ask the Lord for guidance. Anyway, the Lord killed him, gave the kingdom. Wow, gave it to David. Man, the son of Jesse. Wow. Notice a little bit of genealogy right there. Yeah, let's keep cruising a little more. The leaders of Israel went to David at Hebron. Hey, and they told him, Were your relatives? And when Saul was king, you were the one who led our armies to battle. Remember? David's killed. No, Saul's killed his thousands. David has killed his ten thousands. You're the one that, look at that, brought them safely back. And the Lord, your God, has told you, you shall be the shepherd of my people Israel. You shall be their king. Man. David made a contract with them before the Lord. And, the, uh, and they anointed him as the king of Israel, just as the Lord had told Samuel. The leaders, of the, uh, anyway, then David and the leaders uh, went to Jerusalem, or Jebus, as it used to be called, where the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land, live. But the, look at this. This is interesting. You got this same story, piece of it, but let's watch it. Remember, they're going to Jerusalem now. Remember, it, uh, excuse me, no vacancy. David's like, there will be. You're going to get yourself out of this town. Well, they're smarting off to him. We ain't leaving. <laughs> anyway. David captured the fortress of uh, Zion, later called the city of David, and said to his men, the first man to kill me a... That's racist, isn't it? <laughs> These guys were worshiping devils, killing their kids, sacrifice, whatever. He said, the first guy to kill a Jebusite shall be made commander-in-chief. His cousin pulled it off. Joab, the son of Zerun, see the genealogy there? Was first. Boy, he became general of David's army. Yeah, David lived in the fortress, and that's why the area of Jerusalem is called the city of David. In the city of David, there was a census taken. Now you know where all that comes from. Remember that? Wow. Okay. 
He extended the city around the fortress while Joab rebuilt the rest of Jerusalem. David became, look at that, more and more famous. Now hold on, let's see if we get something out of this. Does this help me? David became more and more famous and powerful for the Lord of the heavens was with him. Now fool yourself and think this. Again, we have it in our Bible to help us. The Lord's with me. The Lord's with me. Did you notice he didn't show up? I See me? I'm glowing. Couldn't see him, but he's there. These are the names of, oh my gosh, here comes a good part. Might as well let Dustin take care of this. Man. These are the names of some of the bravest of David's warriors who had encouraged the leaders of Israel to make David their king as the Lord said what happened. Now remember, it's Lord, 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 Lord. It's not because they are. Oh, I, know, I know Kung Fu. I know Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, really? Here they are. Joshabim, the son of a man from Hakman, was the leader of the top three. Top three? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in a minute they'll say one guy's worth 10,000. Well, he said that about David. The three greatest heroes, heroes among David's men. He once killed. It can't be, right? It had to be. We got too much details and stuff. 300 men with his spear. Oh, he just means marks on that pistol. No, he meant all at once. The second of the top three was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, a member of the subclan of Oha. Remember, we just saw Oha or whatever. That was not wasn't him, but it, we definitely know. Oh, yeah, every man was, was recorded in this, in this genealogy. He was with David in the battle against the Philistines at Pasdamon. Now, think about this. He's going to give you a little detail. David was with him. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. The Israeli, the Israeli army was in a barley field and began to run away. Well, that ain't good. <laughs> Patton's running. Yeah! Uh-oh. But he fell, no, but he held the ground in the middle of the field and recovered it and slaughtered the Philistines. And the Lord saved him with a great victory. It's like that movie I was saying the other day. They said the Germans had surrounded one of our battalions or whatever, and they're they all kidding with each other. says, well, those blankety blanks, they've surrounded us. <laughs> you know, like that's going to get us. Nah, the Americans weren't going to go down, and they didn't go down. Oops, 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 I missed that. Hang on. Here it is. Uh, there it is. Another time, the th three of the 30, man, we just have three, now we got 30, <sighs> went to David while he was hiding in the cave of Adullam. Now, how'd they know that story? They knew it. We, we read that story too. The Philistines were camped in the, battle, the, battle, the valley of Rapham, the, and David was in the stronghold at the time. An outpost of the Philistines had occupied Bethlehem. Well, see, David's trying to clear all that bunch out. David wanted a drink from Bethlehem. He said, man, I sure would like a good old Dr. Pepper, but the only Dr. Pepper machine's down there in the bad guys area. When he mentioned this to his men, think about this, think about it. It'd be like Dustin and some of his guys heard their commander-in-chief and they're looking at each other, let's go get it, let's go get him some water. Man, those guys just busted in there and they got it. Anyway, he wanted to drink from the Bethlehem well outside, beside the gate. And when he mentioned this to his men, these three broke through the Philistines' camp, drew some of the water, and brought it to David. Now look what David did. See, David, remember, David's got somebody that does all his praying for him. David really believes in evolution. You know, he, it's just a game he's playing. No, it's not. He refused to drink it. Now don't think it ticked off those other three. No, they were honored by this. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. What, was he at church? No. You don't have to be in church. 
God forbid I should drink it. It's the very blood of these men who risked their lives to get it. Well, it probably never happened. <laughs> Please. Here we go. Along with the list, Abishai, Joab's brother, was commander of the 30. Well, wait a minute. You can't have... Yeah, you can. His brother was just as good. He had gained his place among the 30 by killing 300 men at one time with his spear. He was the chief of the most famous of the 30, but he was not as great as the three. Benaniah, oh, I've heard him. That's David's, you know, bodyguard, whose father was a mighty warrior from Cabazil, killed the two famous giants. Say, so these guys were just doggone lucky. No, 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 no. You go back and read Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. One can put a thousand to flight. What's the difference? Jesus, Jesus. Look at this. He also killed a lion in a slippery pit when there was no snow on the ground. Wonder what happened there. Probably like some of those stories we're talking about. You lift something up and there's a, there's a dead bird snake there. And you ain't got time to run. What's going to happen? You're going to win. You're going to be all right. Once he killed an Egyptian. Now, I don't want to go. <laughs> I was telling Bob on the way in this morning because I was talking about Ricky Bobby and that stupid cougar in the car or whatever. I said, I'm just thankful my house cat's no bigger than this. I can kick him around. <laughs> but I said, if my cat was a little bit bigger, I, don't, I think he could. Woo, I don't, I don't want a bigger cat, you know. And I said, you know, I wish we could train some cats in the military. That'd be great. Just send over about 30 cats at once that were all trained. You talk about a problem. Because cats can twist and do. But look at this. He beat him in that pit. Okay. Once he killed an Egyptian who, had, who was seven and a half feet tall, whose spear was thick as a weaver's beam. Pretty good sized weapon. But Benaiah went up here. <laughs> Benaiah went up with just a club. Beat the tar out of him. And pulled the spear away from him and used it to kill him. He was nearly as great as the three, and he was very famous among the 30. David made him captain of his bodyguard. Again, some other book has that same record. One guy wrote the Bible. No, they didn't either. They didn't. Other famous warriors were just a list. Ahasiah, which was Joab's brother. Elnan, okay. Shamath, hey, 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 all these guys. We're going to stop right here. Watch this. So this guy, 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 da, 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 da. Oh, let's see. Keep clicking here. This guy, this guy. Yeah. This one here, verse 39. Nahari was Beeroth. He was general. Uh, Joab's armor bearer. Wow. Then there was Ira and Uriah. Who's that guy? Well, that was Bathsheba's husband. They were in the top 30. Wow. Anyway. Adina, the tribe of Reuben. He was among the 31 leaders in the tribe of, of, of Reuben there. Uh, let's see. Josaphat, Uzziah, uh, Oro. Any of these guys, these guys, these guys, these guys. And then we're going to stop right here. Now again, four, four, I'm not going to go to chapter 12, but Back up to the header on that one more time. Uh, other, look at that. Famous warriors. Famous warriors. And that's you and I today. Now we'll pick up with, uh, where did I get to? Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, we're, we'll pick up with this, oh, this, with this next go around here. Anyway, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. We are more than conquerors. Why did you list a bunch of people that were famous warriors? Why were you always with them? Why were you with David? All the, 
It's you. We know to trust you. Hallelujah. Not our circumstances and not anything else. If we're in trouble, we're going to ask you for guidance. We're going to ask you for help. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good today, praise the Lord. You created our bodies. You can fix our bodies. And we just thank you for it. Same thing's true financially. You can fix our finances. Hallelujah. And if it's some other problem, no matter what it is, you'll fix it for us because you're on our side. We know that. All we got to do is call on you. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to be, uh, keep perfect records and remind ourselves of all the praise reports that you've done for us as we tell others about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.